Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales and today I am privileged to be working with my senior executive producer and amazing guitar whisperer and all-around fabulous guy, Robert Cialino. He has a passion for everything internet and his early professional career was in the world of online marketing, web development and social media. When he realized the potential that internet radio had to reach the entire world with a message and show how powerful that is, he just had to be a part of that. And so Robert believes that every Voice America host has their own unique flair and has developed shows with many of the network's top hosts, whom he calls truly passionate people. Robert can often be seen interviewing keynote speakers and guests at many of Voice America's live events across the country, which, by the way, if you have a live event coming up and you want some coverage, I'm sure Robert would love to arrange that with you. It's, uh, it's more effective than you think it might be, and it's probably not nearly as expensive as you think it might be. Anyway, Robert has traveled and lived all over the planet, from Germany to Hawaii, but has called Arizona home for the last 19 years. He also loves music, is a mean guitarist and performer who enjoys jamming on Saturday nights with his neighbors in Cave Creek, the home of cowboys and caviar. (laughs) He lives with his wife, Jennifer, and their black cat, Shadow. Welcome, Robert. Thank you, Sophia Renea. And, you know, (laughs) I work with amazing people exactly like you. I mean, that was... uh, I knew there was a reason that we worked together. <laughs> that was, you are sounding so amazing. I love it. So, oh, and also you. your show is amazing. And I can't believe, well, I can't believe because I'm here actually, but I appreciate you allowing me to have some space and share some time with you. This is really great. Thank you so much. I, I mutually supportive, what do I want to say? Mutually supportive relationship, a mutual admiration society here. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's one of those good Fridays, isn't it? I'm, and I love the fact that it, well, you know, technically you could be listening to this on any day of the week, but right now in our space, it is Friday. And it is Friday. It will air Monday. Just so we're not confusing people out there. They're like, what? Did I miss the entire week? I thought this was Monday. What happened? Where'd my weekend go? Oh, but I love it. And I know we've been talking about I mean, amazing things, right? I mean, how to better ourselves, how to be happy. And, yes. and, you know, it's important because we all should be and deserve to be happy. Yeah, I don't want to should on anyone, okay? Yeah. Because this is about shifting the set point of your normal emotional temperature, okay? It's not about, I'm going to be happy 4,000% of the time, okay? Because... As enlightened as we become, as loving as we become, as much as we step into following our higher selves, life continues to be life, right? Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Emotions don't go away. They are still the messengers that tell you about how things are going in your life. So there will still be moments where you get angry because someone's violated a boundary 
and you need to take some action on that. There will still be moments where someone or something gets removed from your life and you feel those moments of loss and you move through a grieving process. But the whole thing is to move through, to allow them to be the messengers and to move out. And that helps to raise the overall happiness quotient in your life. (laughs) I like that. Absolutely. And I love, we've had a lot of great conversations along the way. And I think that we were really trailing now into this new space and where we're headed today, at least in this portion of this series, is forgiveness. Yes, because not forgiving yourself or others is one of these things that will leave you trapped. There are a great many myths around forgiveness, social myths, I want to call them. Uh, If you forgive someone, it means what they did was all right. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Okay. If someone transgressed against you, be it a small thing or a large thing, and the large ones tend to be the hardest ones to let go of, whether you've been raped, assaulted, mistreated, cheated, lied to, betrayed, whatever the thing was, okay, it brings a whole raft of emotions along with it, okay? And a whole lot of messages come in with that. And society tells us that you should just hold on to that as part of your armor so that this won't happen again. And so you hold on to anger and you hold on to resentment and you hold on to betrayal and suspicion um, in the name of protecting yourself and keeping yourself safe. And it's unnecessary to hold on to all those feelings. What you need or I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to put out there that if you have a bunch of that stuff hanging around in your system, I'm going to propose to you to try an experiment. I'm big on experimenting, okay? I'm not going to tell you you need to drop anything. I'm going to suggest that you test this with one area where you haven't forgiven yourself or someone else. And see how that works for you. Because we all have different paths. And we are already at different stages for different levels of love and forgiveness and expansion. Okay. So what I have found myself personally around forgiveness is it's not about saying that it was okay. Okay. Um, Not forgiving someone does not harm them in any way. Okay, it doesn't make their life worse. It doesn't bring them regret. It doesn't put them into any kind of a cage or chains or jail. Um, And it doesn't, karma, let's uh, let's not even get going on karma. Um, Karma doesn't work the way that we think karma ought to work, right? The whole, oh, that guy cut me off and where are the cops when you need him sort of thing. That's not how karma works. 99% of the time. Karma is about the life lessons that we've stacked up for ourselves. Okay. When we come to play this game, we play different roles. We choose the white hat today and on the next life, maybe we choose the black hat or maybe we choose to be in an ambivalent grave space with a foot in both worlds. We come for all of the different flavors of experience. 
And I know we're in duality, so we have this tendency to judge those experiences, mm. okay, and go, oh, well, he, his soul must be really black because have you seen the things he's done, right? Right. <laughs> um, we're in duality. We came to experience those extremes, and some of us are experiencing what we consider lighter, brighter, whiter versions of those extremes, and some of us are running darker images. But one of the things with duality is you need both to be able to move through this world and to see the picture. If you, were, if you print white on white, right. it's very hard to read anything. So there's some space to be grateful for the darkness. Um, and there's even some space to embrace the darkness within you because it gives you texture and definition. Okay. Now, I'm not saying you have to, you know, we immediately go over to the dark side, become a son of Satan in order to have texture in this world. Um, but we all have parts of ourselves that we would not so much like to have the rest of the world know about. Um, and we're not given these as curses or or weights to lug around through this world, they actually do serve us more often than not. I have a guest coming up in a few weeks who's going to talk about shadow and shadow work. And so I know that'll be a really interesting discussion. So I'm not going to go too much farther down this road today, but know that as you're going through this process of releasing your own self from jail. Yes which is what forgiveness is about at its core, releasing your own self from that emotional jail that got built with all the emotion and reaction that happened around the transgression. Okay. And it was a transgression. Let's call a thing a thing. And the fact that you had reaction and emotion around it is perfectly normal. It's right. Those emotions are bringing you important messages like, this person is not trustworthy to be in relationship with. Perhaps you should move along to somebody else. Okay. Um, it, it brings all of that stuff, all those messages. Okay. Um, it, it might bring a message of if you're feeling insecure, say you've been assaulted or whatever, yeah. uh, you're feeling insecure in your ability to protect yourself and to become centered back into your body. Uh, it's giving you a, a message that maybe it is time to take a self-defense course. You know, maybe it would be useful to sit with someone to sort through the PTSD. We've had some amazing guests recently who are experts in sorting through PTSD. Um, but the forgiveness is about letting your own self out of that cage that's kind of spontaneously created and that society tends to encourage us to hold on to. Uh, doesn't mean leave the lessons behind, okay? Frequently, these events come with really strong lessons attached to them, okay? So look at what were the red flags leading up to it. Where can I learn and better my life and make myself better, um, more safe, or how to put it, more discerning and cognizant of people's experience around me as well, right? Because 
as much as people like to go, oh, I'm the victim and he's the perpetrator. No, we have all of this inside of us, okay? And there are moments, as much as we may have been victimized, whether it's as a child or as an adult, uh, where we are also the perpetrators, where we've been insensitive to somebody else's feelings or tread on somebody's boundary that we ought not to have tread on, okay? We're human. We're experiencing a mix of all of this. We're not perfect? <laughs> no, and the whole point is to not be perfect. <laughs> right. It's a hard thing to strive for, perfection. It is, it is. And one of the things that's helpful to me when I'm coping with something that was heavy and personally traumatizing, and I've had my fair share of these, I've lost many babies. I've miscarried more, ki- more times than I can count. Mm. And that is a tough road. That's happy. Um, and there's not really anybody you can turn around and like point a finger at go, it's your fault. You're the one that did this to me. Um, there are obviously causes that have been identified for why this happened. Some of which are attached to human beings, some of which are not attached to human beings. It's just part of the path, the disease arrived that kept this from happening, and there you are. And in those situations, it can sometimes be even more challenging to let yourself out of that cage. Because it's not like you can go, well, I just need to forgive my ex-husband for bringing home chlamydia. It's not that simple. There are multiple contributing factors. That was one, okay? But I've got no one that I can go, oh, well, the Lyme disease, that that was this person's fault. That was no one's fault, okay? And so in those situations, you start to feel like it's something that I did. It's something that I brought on myself. If only I had, fill in the blank, gone to the doctor sooner, pressed harder, for information online when I first ran across it. You know, there are all of these regrets that are frequently associated with it. Um, And a sense of guiltiness, right? Even though I've done nothing wrong, there's this, somebody's got to blame. If there's no one else around, I'm going to turn it on myself. And so that's where self-forgiveness starts to come in. That's important. And playing that over and over in your mind all the time, right? How do you, how do you release that, that recording that just keeps spinning out of control? Like you just said, if I'd done this, or maybe I should have done that. And you're just replaying that over and over. Yeah, it's, um, it can be an interesting challenge. One of the things that I've noticed on my own path of forgiveness is a tendency not just to want to blame, but then to demonize as well. Uh-huh. Bringing up the practice husband, right? right. <laughs> they right. frequently get demonized. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes more deservedly than others. Um, but I found as I was going through the process of releasing and forgiving around this sort of thing, that it was important to rehumanize the people involved because they're human just like I am. 
they're having an experience just like I am. They've got their own struggles. They've got their own challenges. And they've got their own purity of intention as well, regardless whether I agree with what their, their purity of intention is or not, right? If you talk to, uh, what I want to say, extreme people, serial killers, this sort of thing, and you ask them whether they're nice people, what do you think they say? <laughs> I would say that most times they would think that they are nice people in Absolutely. their own mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm the best. You know, I helped the neighbor bring her, her groceries in, right? I babysit for that woman down the street. I molested her kids while I was there, but I babysat for that woman down the street, right? Right. We, we all are working from our best intentions and working through our own challenges and our own shadows. So it helps me to keep that in mind as I'm moving through this process. And I will fill in more of that process because I'm being told we have a break coming up. So hang in there and we will go through the details on how, the, how I stepped through this process. And then you have a template for your own experiment in forgiveness. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And you will not want to miss this. I've had a little peek into this and it's really good. So hang in. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. 
And we're back from the break. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm here talking to Robert Cialino. And we're having this beautiful discussion around forgiveness. Um, if you'd like to catch up with us outside of this, I will mention that we now have a fan club. It's located at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Sovereign Self Fans. And there will be all kinds of goodies that go out there. Um, there will be some PDFs, step-by-step processes, like the one we're going through today, written up for you. You can go out and get that. The speaker gifts are going to get moved over there. Um, and there will be a page section as well if you want higher levels of access, if you want behind-the-scenes access to speakers, if you want to see never-before-released video um, and other tips and tools and I'm thinking I'm going to do monthly group sessions for fans in that paid section as well. That's exciting. And the plan is to keep that paid section affordable, like less than lunch out with your family. <laughs> <laughs> so go check it out. There will be multiple levels at which you can engage if you don't particularly even want to have a membership, but just to support the show so it continues to come out on a timely basis, there is that option as well. And we thank you so much for your listening and support. It's such a blessing to be out here connecting with y'all every week. So excited. Agreed. So where were we, Robert? Well, I promised some amazing stuff before the break, and, and we know <laughs> that, that you will have some amazing things because I've heard a little bit of this and not all of it, and I've been, wait, I've been waiting for this whole interview all week long just because of what we've talked about around what's going to be. So it's going to be amazing, everybody. And also, I just want to chime in on one little thing again about the Patreon space. I even think that there's going to be some behind-the-scenes stuff that Zofia and Renee and I talk about on our weekly, you know, meetings that ought to be really fun to kind of get a, an insight into. So there's going to be all kinds of really cool stuff there. It'll definitely be worth it. So yes, um, you get some of the behind out. the scenes planning and <laughs> philosophizing <laughs> that Robert and I do as well. Really fun. That. So the, the steps, and I think this is interesting because there's a lot of steps that you go through and, and, and I heard a few of these and I came to some really cool realities uh, and realizations for myself too. So I'm going to now turn this back over to Zofia Renea and allow her to just sort of take you through that process. So, I And I would love for you to chime in with your own realizations yeah. Yeah, as, you as it's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so what I found is there's a handful of steps to forgiveness. The first thing is to mourn the changes. We tend to get very attached to what our reality is in this instant and when it shames, changes dramatically, and if you've been assaulted or had some of this horrific sort of really hard to forgive stuff happen to you, it is appropriate to take the time to acknowledge what's been lost. And I know it's not popular to mourn in our culture. We tend to want to avoid it. <laughs> We'll put on a happy face, we'll say, I'm fine, we'll take antidepressants, and surely it will get better eventually. I find that 
while it can be helpful to have some space to cushion yourself and adjust or to maybe have some chemical support for your brain, at some point, you have to turn around and face what it is and look it in the eye. And the longer you don't, the bigger and scarier it becomes in your mind until you turn around and look it in the eye. And then you discover it's this short little shit <laughs> that only comes up to your elbow, okay? Um, so gathering the courage to turn around and just walk into the morning one of the things in indigenous cultures is people don't mourn alone. You tend to have witness around it. And the place where it, it's done, when it's done properly, in the U.S., excuse me, uh, in the Hebrew community, they sit shiva, which is a public group mourning process. And when it's done properly, it's hugely catalytic. But that's not what we tend to be taught to do in our modern day society. It's, you know, take a couple of weeks off work, hide out. We don't want to see you cry. If you do cry, we're going to grab you and pat on you and go, oh, they're there. Oh, they're there. Okay. Um, to get you to stop crying soon because it makes me uncomfortable sort of thing. That's unfortunately not constructive to help you move through it as rapidly as you could. So what I found and what was recommended to me, and I've, I've kind of expanded on it, um, is I block out a time to do this. And if I can find somebody who's willing to hold space with me, not hold me and go, oh, there, there, please stop crying, but just allow me to cry to hold my hand while it's going on, to, to give me that solidarity, maybe cry with me. If you've got someone who you can trust to do that in your life, that's fabulous. Um, support groups sometimes can fill this role if they're run properly. If it's not like a reinforcement of, of victimhood, those can be helpful as well. But right. go through the mourning process. What I did around the multiple miscarriages was I wrote letters to each of my babies. I wrote letters to the practice husband who'd brought home the venereal disease. I wrote letters to the doctor who had uh, filled in the consent for surgery after I'd signed it with things we had not discussed nor agreed upon and then randomly yanked out tubes and ovaries and, oh, by the way, here's what we did later. I wrote letters to all of these people expressing how I felt, um, what it meant to me that the babies were not in my reality, what it meant to me and my life, the actions of the unfaithful practice husband. Um, what it meant to me to lose an ovary in a tube and how that's impacted my life. Um, and just getting all of it out there. And the, it kind of 
it wasn't a clear definition between this stage and the next stage, but the next stage was letting all of that pain, grief, sorrow, rage, etc., have full expression released up out of my body. Okay. Now, if you live in an apartment complex <laughs> or you live with other people, you should probably warn them before you start this process <laughs> because it's going to be loud. It's going to be intensely physical and you just let it go and just ride that wave until it's all out. Um, and that can be a scary thing to consider doing. And one of the things that I did was I informed a friend, a close friend of mine, that I was going to go into this process and that should she get a phone call from me that went something like, <laughs> it, it's a, a cry for help and you should just come over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what's going on. I don't have to explain anything or make myself coherent. Just come. Okay. <laughs> it turned out I didn't need to make that phone call. But it gave me a comfort level to know that I could poke that number if it felt like it was all too much and I would not have to be in any way coherent to get assistance and support. And that would be important to have that. Yes. Well, because it feels like these emotions are going to be like a bottomless black hole void that's going to suck you in forever and ever. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's intense when you go through it. I'm not going to lie. But... I had planned, I think, like five hours for this process, if I'm remembering correctly. I was through it in two. Wow. wow. Okay. And it's like there's only so much that's going to come up and out. And once you've run through it, you've run through it. And it was nice that I planned five hours because then I could, like, go have a nap afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> need one after I'm sure <laughs> exactly um, so that's the the morning of changes the next thing that I found helpful is finding the gift in all of this and that can sometimes be a little challenging because it's like it's this great big pile of shit there's no gift here but the truth is there always is something there uh, when we come into this world, I use the blacksmith kind of as an analogy for this. We come into this world, and it's like being worked by a blacksmith. You get plunged into extreme heat, and you get melted down into this form that you hardly recognize, and all this crustiness comes up to the surface. And then you get pulled out, and you get hammered on. <laughs> right? And folded over and hammered on and then plunged back into that heat again. And more crustiness rises to the surface and you get hammered on some more. And pretty soon you start to take a form. You become this beautiful twisted iron balustrade or you become this sharpened knife or this scalpel. And at some point you get plunged into oil and you come together in this amazing strong form. And while you're going through the heating and hammering process, it's like, oh my God, there is nothing good happening here. And then you get plunged into the oil and you come out and you're shiny and you're sharp in ways you weren't before you went in. 
And there's always a gift at the end of it. The gift that I took out of my practice marriage was manyfold. I am okay all, of, all by myself. I have self-worth that was not being acknowledged in this relationship, and I can own that now. When I went into the relationship, I couldn't have identified it. Okay. Um, I learned a lot of good lessons around boundaries. I'm sure. And I learned that just because someone says, I love you, does not mean that they're giving you the love that you need in that moment. Okay. Yes. It doesn't mean that he didn't love me. It meant that the love was not the right fit for me. Okay. And so it gave me great clarity and discernment when I was back out in the world. Uh, and I wasn't even looking for a partner, actually, when I found my partner. <laughs> there, there's some magic to that as well. <laughs> but when he did show up, I had a very clear picture of what I was willing and unwilling to accept in a relationship. And this is, by my count, five extremely valuable gifts that came out of that practice marriage, which was horribly painful and traumatizing. So find the gift. And sometimes you have to kind of step out of yourself and back from the situation a ways to see that gift. Sometimes it's helpful to have a third party sit with you and say, look, I'm looking for the gift in this. Can you give me objective insight? What do you see that's happened for me? How have I changed? Because it's helpful to have someone to sit and act as a mirror a lot of times. I can imagine. That's especially when you're really lost within that whole space to begin with. Exactly. So find the gift. Uh, And then I talked a little bit about humanizing the other parties. If there's someone in there who has guilt, who's culpable, who's being blamed, whether they've earned or not earned it, being blamed, uh, humanize them. Step into their shoes a little bit. Try to understand a little bit about what their path is and bring them into back into the world of another human being as opposed to this extreme demonized party. I'd imagine demonizing gives them still some sort of power in that space as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This brings them down into a level on par with you. They're no longer this big, scary, they're an actual human being. Um, that, can be, that can be really challenging. Can because if this is one of those extreme transgressions, yeah, that can take a shitload of work. And it can be useful to have a spiritual guide or someone of that ilk, of a close friend who can hold great objectivity that's a useful key to in that humanizing process you don't want to sit with a girlfriend who's going to go oh my god he was such a dog okay that's not the one you want to sit down with (laughs) (laughs) not for this process she's fun for other things okay but not for this process um 
And once you've done that, I find it's helpful in the forgiveness and releasing process to find something that we would define as good that you can legitimately help for that person. This doesn't have to be, I hope they win the lottery and have this amazing life. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, what I'm talking about is, for example, the practice husband. One of my hopes for him is that he can find some inner peace and satisfaction. Because that's part of what he was seeking for with some of the behaviors he was bringing into the relationship. And so I can honestly hope that for him. With, with love. Does that mean I'm letting him back into my life? Hells no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> some of those important boundaries that have been set. Yes, yes. I've, I've learned some important things about him, and he's shown me with his actions what he's really about, separate from what his words are. Mm. And so I don't have to have that in my life. And usually when I get to that point, I've reached the point where I can say, I forgive and mean it. Now, there's this little matter of guiltiness. Yes. But we will come back to this little matter of guiltiness after the break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. 
Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales. I am here with Robert Cialino, as I was before we went to break. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. Uh, So where did we leave off? Oh, we were forgiving. Yes. Okay. And frequently just walking through those steps that I gave you will get you to the point where it's like, yes, I forgive. Okay. Places where we get hung up if you've gone through this process and you're not quite there, look into your feeling space again and see what's lingering around it, okay? Because sometimes we have misplaced sense of responsibility for what happened. I should not have chosen to walk up to the road. I should have stayed down on the beach. I should not have worn that outfit. I should not have said hi to that person. I should not have whatever it was. Okay. Um, You didn't do anything wrong. In any of those scenarios, all of the choices were equal. You really don't have any blame in this. Yeah, there's a tiny bit of response ability, right? Uh, But nothing you should beat yourself up for. You know, if if you'd have gone back and and done it again, you'd have, again, gone with the logical choice that it'll be safer to be up on the road. It's more highly trafficked. People are more likely to see me if something goes down than if I'm down here on this dark beach. Okay, it was the logical choice to make, so let yourself off the hook for that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, it was logical to ask somebody to walk you to your car. You had no way to know this guy was going to be a serial rapist. Okay, let yourself off the hook for that. That, That's what I want to say, misplaced guilt, misplaced blame. Yes. Okay. Uh, And it's a matter of recognizing that you wanted to be able to control the situation. And taking responsibility is a way to impose control on something. But there are moments where it's life is just life and you have to just let that go. And I can help with that. (laughs) But there are other moments when you look in there and you go, I was a contributing factor. And you have to own that when that's in fact the case, okay? I was not a victim of the practice husband. I have to own my part of that. It takes two to have a long-term relationship like that. There are many choices that I made that were less than optimal, okay, how I contributed to it. I have to own these things, okay? And when you own something like that, there's typically guilt that comes along, that trails along behind that. And so it's not that you haven't been able to forgive the other partner party in whatever it was, but maybe you haven't been able to forgive yourself. I can okay. that for sure. And that one can be a little trickier. You can use a process very similar to what I did on forgiveness if it's one of these misplaced responsibility sort of things. Right, you can do something very similar to that. Um, and then I've, I would follow that with what I call the love meditation. 
and that will be available out there on the Patreon page if you would like to get your hands on this self-love meditation. Yes. I bring you through a process where you legitimately are able to send love, not just to the people that you love, that's the easy place we start there, but to people in your life you're neutral to, to people in your life that you've had problems with that maybe you haven't felt so warm and fuzzy towards, yes. uh, and sending love to yourself, which is really the most challenging step of the whole deal. But we go completely through that in the love meditation and get you there if that's something that you need in your life. Everybody so, needs it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I heard a little bit about this, and sorry to totally interrupt Sophia for a name, but no, um, it's beautiful. But, um, it was. Um, I got a little insight into this, and this is. I, I, I can't recommend it more. I, I was moved by it, and it's something that I'm absolutely going to do. So I think. I think everybody needs it. Oh well, thank you. So, yes, I would cap it off with the love meditation if it's one of these kind of misplaced responsibility things that you're letting go. Um, but some of it is legitimate guilt. And there is a process for that as well. Okay. Uh, it's not a popular process anymore. The Catholic Church holds on to something similar to this. Um, and so I'm going to go through the four steps of this. The first is to own it. Okay. And this needs to be a witnessed process. This isn't you sit there with your journal and you own it and you're good. Okay. Um, you confess it out loud without minimizing or any of that sort of thing. It's like, I did this. I took X number of dollars out of the till at work. A coworker got blamed for it. The business went under because of it. This is the damage that I caused with that action. You own it. You call a thing a thing. You, you don't put any of the extraneous, well, you know, I had to pay the rent, that noise. No. Call the thing a thing. We don't care why. Yes. Just call the thing a thing. Name out precisely what happened and who was impacted by it. Own that you did this. Now, if you've learned something from that, acknowledge that lesson. I have learned that taking other people's shit causes so much pain and suffering, and I have learned that honesty and integrity are everything, and I now live by that. Own that lesson if that's the lesson you've taken away from that. Okay? Because you should give yourself your props as well. <laughs> Uh, so after you've owned it and after you've confessed it out loud to this trusted third party, okay, this is the friend who you tell them something and no one ever hears a peep about it, okay? If you don't have a friend like that, there are many good Catholic churches who are happy to take confessions. And I do this process with clients all the time. And if you need it as a standalone process, I don't do very many standalone processes, but this is one I will do with you. If you need someone to walk through an absolution process, I will absolutely do that with you. So you confess it to this trusted third party, bald-faced. This is, this is completely what I did and who was hurt. And then you make restitution. Okay. That can be a little bit trickier 
because this might be really old. This could have been 30 years ago. You have no idea where the coworker is. You have no idea where the owner of the business went to. Yeah, how do I make restitution to this person? Well, we have to get a little more creative there. In <clears throat> the case of a client I had, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I'm going to have to go cut that out. <laughs> I forgot to hit, <laughs> forgot to hit mute. So in the case of one client who had a very similar situation to the one I've been using as an example, they decided what they would do is take the amount of money, figure out the interest on it, and then gift that to an organization that supports youth in staying out of gangs and from going down the road, wrong road. Okay, that's a beautifully aligned restitution to support other people in not taking wrong turns that are so common in our teenagers. Beautifully aligned restitution. So that's the sort of thing that you can work on and hash out with your trusted third-party person. And then once you've gone through all of that, and you have to actually do it. You can't just plan it. You do actually have to write the check and send it off. <laughs> This is when the thought doesn't count all by itself. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and that's the other reason that this third part, this objective person, this third party is so valuable because you have someone that you can be accountable to for doing it. You can send them an email back and say, yes, I sent off the check today to XYZ Corporation or beneficial charity or whatever it is. And then... You receive absolution from this person, which goes something like, I've heard your confession and your acceptance of responsibility. I've witnessed your restitution. I love you. You are truly innocent and made new. Or words to that effect. <laughs> but basically, that the guilt is gone. It's been discharged, and you are clean and whole and new again. And it sounds really simple on its face, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. But it is profoundly effective. It's powerful. The, the last client I went through this with, uh, it was showing up in his body as a breathing problem. Wow. Okay, he couldn't get a deep breath the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And we started from that point, and I looked in there, and I went, it's guilt. We have to take you through an absolution process. This is what it looks like. And he says, can't you just pull that out the way you did the device last week? It's like, nope, different problem, different process. <laughs> um, you know, and so there are always some concerns about, oh, I might lose face. This is part of the reason that it's frequently better to do this with someone who's completely uninvolved in your life, okay, because you don't have to lose that faith, uh, that face with them. And the other good choice, if it's a safe choice, this is not always a safe choice, so use your discernment. The other person that it is amazing to do it with is the person who you harmed. And if that is available to you, 
and they are safe to do it with, okay? You don't want to do this with someone who's going to lash out at you Mm. or cause you injury, okay? So it's got to be safe. Those, I would say, are the two best people to choose to do it with. Agreed. And I think that the interesting thing that you mentioned here is this absolution process and this forgiveness process and that what you do is in alignment with what it was that happened, whether it is giving back to that person or, or the restitution to the actual person, or if you can't, it has to be in alignment with. And I think that the interesting thing is, and we were sort of touching base on this in a different type of conversation is, as you said, the Catholic church is really good about confession. However, does the restitution really? Yeah, they're not, they're not good right? at determining restitution with yeah. you. That's something you probably have to walk out of the confessional and go, okay, this is what I'm going to figure out. Right. Or maybe you figure it out yourself and you go, this is what I feel is appropriate restitution. Father, you know, is this, or mother, depending who you're confessing to. Yes, absolutely. And um, have it, have you know, it. this is how I plan to make res- restitution and they'll probably, excuse me. And they will probably say something like, yes, that's lovely. And say, say 45 Hail Marys. <laughs> okay, I can do that too. <laughs> But yeah, I think it is important that it's in alignment. And if you get a few Hail Marys on top of it, you know, that's not a big deal. Knock them out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Within your faith. (laughs) Absolutely. I hear you. Oh, that's amazing, though. And I think that what you say and how you can handle that and giving that actual honest forgiveness and actually going through the process and breaking it down and, and working through it is the only way to release that. I mean, you could be carrying stuff that you don't even know or you are just figuring out that you're carrying. I love what you said earlier. Like it's that achy left shoulder. I'm like, how'd you know my left shoulder was achy, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> one of my gifts. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, okay, now what's in that left shoulder that we need to work on? So maybe <laughs> Would you like episode. to make confession on the air, Robert? <laughs> maybe in next episode, we might have to do that. I think it'd be an interesting, you know, introspective into what people can accomplish. We might Absolutely. stay tuned for that. Keep <laughs> your show. <laughs> Confessions of an executive producer. (laughs) I like that. We'll keep that as the title. Uh, But if you have something like that, that feels guilty, that's weighing on you, that's weighing on your conscious, that is something that I hold space for people around. And I'm told I hold really good space. I not to be immodest. Um, but I, I've been through a lot of stuff, and so there's not much judgment left anymore. <laughs> uh, my house is made out of a lot of broken panes of glass. <laughs> so that, that is absolutely something that I can do. And I will put a link for that over on the Patreon page if this is something that you feel needs to happen. I typically do charge for sessions, but I also meet people where they're at. So, you know, don't let, oh, I'm financially constrained, hold you back from reaching out because there's always a way to work things out. You can go out to Patreon. You can get the love meditation. You can find the steps for absolution. You can find the steps for releasing and forgiving yourself and forgiving others. And you can also get the link to be supported in those processes. 
Excellent. Do you have any other questions about this before we go? I want to know what your insights are. Let's, let's go there. You know, I, I love... I love where you went with this. And I'm, you know, I think some, and some simple things for myself too. And I know we don't have a ton of time here, but you know, it, it could be something as simple as something that happened to you on the way somewhere that you can't seem to release. And you're trying to figure out what the steps were, or you were, you were blaming something along the way that happened that you had no control over. And yet you're beating yourself up over it for the decision that you made in that space. And I found myself thinking about all those those things and in retrospective, letting those things go, right? Releasing yeah. that, forgiving that situation even, you know, and you mentioned something just as simple as somebody cut you off on the way to work, but yet you're holding that anger for that person who has absolutely zero idea that, that you know, that they've held you captive all week long. Yeah, <laughs> right? and then you go into the office in a pissy mood and you screw up and you beat people's head off and you've got this drama with your coworkers that had nothing to do with the coworkers. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, and it's interesting because that happens so often. And I was sort of mentioning what happened to me and my new vehicle that I purchased one day. And I thought, isn't that interesting? They owed me something for some repair that needed to be done for a warranty piece. And yet they couldn't do it on the day that I showed up. So they said, come in on a Monday. So I'm coming down on a Monday. And a chair on the freeway that must have gotten dropped from a truck gets kicked in front of my car. It takes the front end of my new car off on the way to get something repaired. And the first thought in your mind is, well, if they had fixed it on Friday, I wouldn't have been coming down on Monday. So therefore, somewhere along the line, they're responsible for what happened. And for you the chair colliding with the front of your car. <laughs> Where did that chair come from? And do they know this? And do I need to tell them that this happened because they didn't fix my car? No, you can't do that, right? I mean, that's you're being hostage. You're, you're being held hostage by circumstance and situation. And that, that, that was a brief fleeting thought in my mind. And even in my wife's mind, she said, you should tell them because they, I said, we just have to let that go. Mm -hmm. And once I did, it felt really good. And I got a happy circumstance that I now don't have a license plate holder on the front bumper of my car that I really, really didn't like that was there in the first place. <laughs> See, and so there's the gift, right? <laughs> I got the gift. I got rid of the guilt. There we go. And, and I feel much better about it. It's really good. And I wouldn't have even thought about all those circumstances until our conversation and realized that next time it'll be even easier to let that go because now you are prepared for that. Absolutely. Nice work, Sophia Renea. Well, thank you. Nice work, Robert. Thank you for thank being you. here with me and having these discussions. <laughs> and uh, so check out the Patreon page. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Sovereign Self Fans. And until next week, live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 